And we're back with another episode of Wrestling with Romance. I'm your co-host, Life and Dean. And we are back with the first recording of 2024, baby. Yes, me and Jack are going to get into a very fun conversation. <laughs> Jack has a, a very interesting way of jumping into the show with his story. I'm not going to lie, it, it humored me because he did not tell me how this, how this was about to start. But um, from there, we talk about some of the wrestling from this past week, weekend. Um, I think there was a lot of great shows from GCW, Impact, Collision. Battle Belts was cool, but we know what Battle of the Belts is at this point. Um, in New Japan, uh, Battle in the Valley. And then from there, Jack talks to us about his trip to Japan and he also tells me his thoughts on Wrestle Kingdom uh, we definitely did not share the same thoughts when it came down to one particular match one match I really love one match he thought was okay but you know that's what wrestling is it's subjective what some people may love some people may not what some people hate some people may actually not even care that much about it it's up to you to determine which one you think is worse but uh, yeah we're just doing a quick episode today get 2024 started properly uh, we're going to make sure to come back to you guys next week with a, a little bit of a longer episode. We're going to be working on some different things. But, uh, yeah, make sure you follow us on Instagram, Wrestling with Romance, all one word. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Romance Podcast. I'm sorry, I've been slacking as the person who's been our social media manager. I will be getting back on top of it. I'll make sure that we have everything back up and running as soon as possible it's just been a little hectic out here but uh yeah we're gonna jump straight into the episode make sure you guys like um subscribe depending on what platform you listen to this too and yeah stay great out there stay warm it's cold have a great one guys Um, my poor mother is trying to sleep next to me right now. <laughs> I have them visiting. You didn't tell me that. I thought it'd be best to get your reaction once we started recording. My dad went to go get coffee for her. Oh, sweet baby. Gee. That's sweet. Yeah. Well, she At least she's up. I was worried she wasn't going to be up. Well, she's kind of up. The poor thing. Um, I heard the most romantic shit I've ever heard in my life. Um, so you know the Mars rover, right? The Mars rover. I have to refresh my memory. It's early in the morning, people. So my brain is really start, just really starting. Like it's just hit the start button. The Mars rover. It roams. Oh, like the thing that roams Mars? Yeah, I'd like oh. how you did the Prince Nana dance for the Mars rover. Yeah, I mean, it kind of swerves around Mars. <laughs> anyway. So when it was, like, dying, mm-hmm. like, when, like, the, uh, what's it called? What's the thing that's on top? The satellite, not the satellite. The camera? Not the camera. Um, uh, no. What was that? My mom guessed antenna, but no, good guess, but no. Um, 
No, it reflects the sun. Oh. Solar. Okay, see, your mom knew. Yeah. The solar had cracked, and it was going to go. And all of a sudden, the rover said, my battery is low, and it's getting dark. Right? That's the saddest shit I've ever heard. That sounds like me when I'm at a social setting for too long. It sounds like me in my dating life. My battery is low. (laughs) It's getting dark. (laughs) I mean... It's it's kind of this idea of like, I don't know how much longer I can do this. I need to settle down and have a girlfriend. Stop doing stupid shit. I mean, how old are you, Jack? Twenty-seven now. I mean, I was twenty-six I, when we last recorded. Oh yes, first of all, everybody, if you are watching this or hearing this, make sure you tell Jack happy birthday. But also, Jack, I mean, you're twenty-seven. I, I like listen. Is there pee in the dating pool? Yes. This, does there happen to be a little bit of some cantankerous type of substance in the dating pool? A little bit, but also, it, you know. It ha- it's going to take a minute. It, it's going to take... It's not like... Okay. You know, it's kind of like baseball, right? Like, you're going to take a lot of pitches. There's a lot of games. And your batting average is not really going to be really above 300. But if it just so happens to be, you may just find your little gold glove person. You know, it's something like that. You know, it's, it's going to take a lot of swings, man. You're going to have to be in the batting cages. You're going to go through like double A, triple A. It's going to take a minute. A lot I don't of know searching. Your baseball metaphor is like working across all avenues right now. Is it? I told you, my brain just started. Like I've only been fully functioning for less than two. Waking minutes. up at nine these days? Uh, no. I've been, listen, I. We'll save that for another part of the show. That this is still you. We we're not going to get into my mental crisis at four a.m. Anyway, but you're gonna. It's going to take some time. I, I just need to recharge. I need a real. So I, I like. I've been hanging out with this like twenty one year old recently, and like on one hand, we actually do get along really well, and it's been a lot of fun. Um. Yeah, then you probably drained the shit. No, well, no, she's actually, I mean, she's more mature and serious and uh, calm than I am. Um, like, pretty, like, all of our dates have pretty much been ski dates. Okay. Yeah, she's a ripper. What does ripper mean? Um, she's a very good skier. Okay, cool. With, it was the gym crush. Oh, all right. Okay. Yeah. So you guys have okay, cool, cool. We've still been kicking it. Um nice. with thighs that could crush a watermelon. Maybe I'm just a maybe But I mean, that's good though, but also like, you know, 
you know, you are a person that come to notice you're passionate. Like, if you don't like something, you're passionate about what you don't like. When you love something, you're passionate about what you love. And it's actually something I've come to greatly appreciate about you. Um, because I'm like, damn, maybe my, maybe I'm just born. Maybe the flame for me is just dulled out. I don't know. Maybe 33 years of life, nearly 34, has just stomped that flame to, like, a little cinder. <laughs> like, you know, but... I think honestly, that thing is gonna happen for you because you just have a pure intention, and it'll take a little time because sometimes you know you got one. Not everybody should have access to that pure intention because people like to take advantage of crap. We don't like those type of people. But two, it will be somebody who deeply loves and enjoys that energy you have. We just also happen to be from a generation that's uh pretty fucked up. I mean, if that's the best way I could put it. Everybody just wants to have fun. Nobody really wants to be, you know. Especially your age. You know, you're younger than me by like, what, we almost seven years difference. So. Seven, yeah. Well, well you just look, look at 33, so it's six. By I turn, yeah, it's six. I turned 34 this year. I turned yeah, so it's like six, six and a half, like six and a half year difference. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a whole middle school. That's like that's like somebody that's in middle school right now. Someone leaving high school. When did you meet your girl? How old were you? Twenty nine. So you're still in your twenties. Yeah, to be honest, at twenty seven, this may bug you out. I was two years. I was like almost into two years of just not dating, talking having casual intimacy nothing i wasn't doing that for two years at that point because you're a celibate kind of not really on not really by it was weird it was like you know being an artist is hard it's hard it's hard in new york city when you have to like and you want to do it full time nothing is that hard to stop dating I mean, it is when you want to get better. And also, it was like, I was a person who taught myself how to draw and paint. I didn't go to school for it. So it wasn't like I had all the techniques. So it was like, okay. And then I was working two jobs. <laughs> it's like, I don't really have time. And I'm going to shows in Brooklyn, Long Island City, Bronx, Queens, um, sometimes Miami. So I really just delve into what I wanted to do. And I kind of was just like, I don't really have time to put somebody in my life because I have something I was so passionate about. So I made that my top priority. But then I got lonely because we're human. We all do. Um, and then it was like, okay, I got into the dating pool. Dealt with some bullshit. <laughs> you know, dealt with uh, some very... And you deal with some people where you're just like, wow, this is what dating is like. I, I would rather so be celibate. Um, uh, met my ex. That was a train wreck. Um, and then I didn't meet my girlfriend. Like, meeting my girlfriend was very interesting because we didn't even meet in person. Like, we spent four or five months talking before we ever met in person. How'd you wait? Wait, 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 yeah. wait. Where how'd you guys meet? So me and her were both a part of an art show that was happening in Brooklyn, okay. and um, 
I just so happened to drop off my artwork to one of the curators of the show. I left, and I guess my girlfriend, well, before she was my girlfriend at that time, arrived at that location like five, ten minutes later. So he still had my paintings up like on his coffee table. Um, my girlfriend was definitely into psychedelics at that time, so she was picking up some psychedelic uh, things at that time. Sick. Yes. She 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 loves psychedelics. I'm not there yet. I still have to make things mentally confront in my life before we get that level of comfort. Psychedelics. Uh, oh. It may, but mm, we'll see. But she saw the paintings and she was like, and again, one of my friends was also there. So she saw the paintings. She's like, oh my God, these are beautiful. Who did these? And my friend was like, oh, it's my boy Kadeem. You should follow him. She gave her my Instagram, whatever. We did not meet the night of the show. There were so many people that we never crossed paths. Like, I've seen what she worn and she saw what I wore, and we were like, yeah, we never saw each other. Even <laughs> though our paintings, like my paintings on this wall, and her paintings on this, wait, so like my paintings on this wall facing here, her paintings on a wall facing this way, we both just didn't see each other. Because there was that many people in the venue. So... Uh, she responds to just seeing me post something on my story, and I, she's never, you know, she we've never met. Um, from there, we start sending each other like I post a meme on, I want to say Bird Box. If you remember Bird Box, I don't. I actually have no idea what that is. It was a movie on Netflix with Sandra Bullock where they had like blindfolds and they had. They- oh, okay. The movie. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, there's some fucking website. No, Bird Box. It was a movie, you know, can't see. You got to keep the blindfold on. You can't open it. It's like, that's something weird to you. So I watched that. Ironically, I watched that movie. All right. I'm praying she never watches this. Um, I was with my ex when I was watching the movie. So I posted. Like, I wasn't, like, wasn't dating, but we was next to each other watching it. And then I posted a meme, and my girlfriend reacted to the meme. And then me and her start sending memes to each other. From then, we've spoken every day. For the last nearly five years. But we did... Memes back and forth? Is that still how you guys communicate? We send memes back and forth. No words, just memes to this day? Oh, it happens. Like, if I open up my Instagram DM, there's just a bunch of memes. But also, we still, from there, we, like, started to talk more. And mm-hmm. then it was just like, oh, we get to know each other. We get to speak to each other. And we spoke from, that was, like, Christmas, the day after Christmas, all the way till, I want to say, now. We've just, the, the day after Christmas 2018 till now, we've spoken every day. There's not been a day where we haven't talked. We did it. I have some of my snap streaks are up to uh, 212 days with girls. So similar. Snap is a dangerous place to meet people. To meet people? Uh, I mean, to conversate. I don't know. Snapchat just gives me like a booty call vibe. I'm I'm not sure why. You're old. This is is the oldest you've ever sounded to me. It's an audio medium. You can't just stick up, stick up the middle finger. Hey, that's fine. Guess what? That's why we have a YouTube. That's why I have YouTube. No, it's Snapchat is how you keep up with girls. I yeah, maybe like, that's also why I don't have girls to keep up with. 
Yeah. Well, my dude friends try to snap me, and I just don't answer them. You know, I, yeah, that sounds like what I thought it'd be. Just be like chasing a bunch of girls around on Snapchat. Yeah. Um, but it took a minute. Like even when we we first we first went out in April. Like so, we talked from December all the way till April, and and we went like three four dates, and then we was like, yeah, we're good. We we we're rocking out here. We both know what we both want. We both want the same thing, and then yeah. And it's just it's it's been five years, uh, about to be in April. Are you gonna do an anniversary? Of course, we always do an anniversary. So it's always a little difficult because our anniversary is two weeks after her birthday. I see. And then a month right before mine's. So it's like a three piece combo. <laughs> I mean, I told. And I, I stand by this just for clarity. The longest term girlfriend I had, I told her that I don't believe in anniversaries until marriage. Like, that's the point of my mom's giving me a very mean look right now. I, I would take her advice. <laughs> like, you get an anniversary when you get married, you get your wedding anniversary. You don't get like the anniversary of like the time you met somebody. I would say I used to believe that, and then I found out how significant that kind of is to maybe your partner. And it's like, even if it's not for you, you know, mm-hmm. it's the thing of like you do want them to feel special in the constant reminder of how much it means to you, too, as well. Like I don't like I remember that day. Like the funny thing is, we didn't even ask each other on that day. It was just the first date, and then we was just like, yeah, we're together. And then when she asked me. Oh, when should our anniversary be? To me, it was just like, I don't really give a fuck. But then I had to realize this is something that's important to you. Okay. Um, the day of our first date, uh, April 13th. So, like, that was what I decided to do because I didn't realize how important it is to your partner. Your partner may appreciate it more than you. So, yeah. Then. <laughs> <laughs> Jack is getting himself a Red Bull for my dad uh, just tossed me a Red Bull. Yeah. Nice. What a G. <laughs> All right. Welcome to Wrestling with Romance. <laughs> back, baby. Wait, Ma, what do you think of, of anniversaries? Is it when you get together or when you're married? For me, it was both. Oh, wait. Uh, she's. She says this as her lovely husband brings her coffee. She has said two things. One, it's both. You get the wedding anniversary and you should have a dating anniversary. And then she said, he's the love of my life. Oh, look. So sweet. I haven't even fully woken up and that's like melting my heart at this point. And she is a full-time barista that she doesn't even pay for. Listen, it's a it's a triple it's it's a whammy. It's a perfect win. That's what we call that. I'm on the pod. <laughs> He's Wait, how the sandwiches. How long have your parents been together? My parents have been together now for we thirty our anniversary thirty four years. They've just had their anniversary thirty four wow. years. 
Listen, Jack, I know what you said about anniversaries, but if there's something I would tell you, you might want to listen to the people with like, you know, three decades, three yeah. and a half decades of, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a lot of good points. Yeah. Um, you can't go wrong with three and a half decades of like veteran experience, you know, like you're not really like topping that. Like, <laughs> I should follow along better. Just, you know, just take a little piece of the outline, you know, make it work yeah. and implement it into your game plan, you know, just like that's it. But yes, welcome to Wrestling with Romance. I am your co host, Life of Deem. I'm joined by the amazing Jack. And he is with his family. <laughs> and he, we will get some inputs, maybe possibly during this episode. Jack, I mean, they won't have much to say about wrestling. Oh, yeah, we kind of are. Well, you can ask your mom about what she thinks about your dating life. Remember, you want to ask that question. <laughs> let, her, let her sip her coffee. <laughs> um, what, uh, what's on your heart? Oh, man. Uh, what's on my heart? I would have to say, Jack, be right back. Um, I would have to say, currently what's on my heart this week is there's a lot of good stuff out there, man. The, this weekend was a really good week. And for like just, just wrestling, there was a lot of great shows out. There was a lot of great just in-ring work from TNA Hard to Kill where... I might not have enjoyed some of the booking from TNA. One or two places I did. I just didn't enjoy the booking. But what didn't you like? Um, I didn't like PCO and Dirty Dango getting last minute changed into a tag team match where it was P- into a trios, a trios match where it was then trios. Did you just like combine like the uh, three on three match versus into and the I trios? You, I like brain. that. The brain is like weird right now because I'm not fully awake. Um, but it was a trios match where it's like Vladimir Kozlov, Dirty Dango. Yes, I said what I said. Um, <laughs> that's in your face. Yes, Vladimir Kozlov. Oh, see, there's there's a there's a snap right there from a cutie. <laughs> <laughs> Vladimir Kozlov, Dirty Dango, and I forget the other person. Versus PCO, Rhino, and Jake something. I did not like. Thirty wrestlers in there where it's like I can't believe they're still doing it. And it's right yeah. now for me PCO, Rhino, Rhino and Vladimir, and, um, and Vladimir Kozlov. Right. I, I didn't even know he was back in wrestling. So that that should tell you. I had heard. I had heard that he was back. Um, No problem. I'll take over. But um, yeah, like I didn't really love the booking of the of that because it just felt like weird. Also, I feel like Jake something should be doing something actual of substance. Like he has everything. I don't know why Jake something isn't pushed more in TNA. Um, yeah, because why would you push him when you can just put him in a pot in a in a podcast in a trios match with like. Five wrestlers who like should have retired five years ago, right? And then also, I was not crazy. Um, so they didn't have MK Ultra advertised for a match on the actual card. They gave them the belts. Well, they showed the video of them getting the belts like right before the show. Then 
afterwards they lose the belts to Decay with Rosemary and Havoc. And I feel like, wait, why they didn't even we weren't even advertised for the show. You have Monster Slam and Kelly Kelly not advertised for a match on the show. The last minute announcement of them having a match and they lose to a returning Rosemary and Havoc and it's like why? Why have them dropped the titles right now? They've been getting those titles over and like fighting and having matches in other promotions. I didn't get that. Um I mean I've missed Rosemary. I think she's a really good wrestler and a really good character. I like Rosemary, but also to just take the like MK Ultra's hot. Like they were hot right now. Like I I just don't feel like I feel like you could have built to that. I feel like they didn't have a story. They didn't know really it didn't have like anything leading to a title change it just changed for a sense of change um and then the last thing and again it might be a me thing i'm not a moose guy i just there's something about moose i'm just not crazy about cap (laughs) cap you love moose it's your thing no i absolutely do not like moose I don't know if it's because I'm still hung up from the baby face with like the headband, bald head going moose. Like I don't know if I like just never got moose. Like he used to do the moose. Oh, moose or moves? Moose. Oh, see, I thought you said moves. No, moose. I'm not a moose guy. I like moose. Yeah. He doesn't. There was a tweet Joel had showed me when I was at his house because we went to I went to our friend Joel's house to watch the pay per view. Everybody got to hang out. But <laughs> it wasn't everybody. It was just me, Joel, and Zoe, which is you know a, a good chunk of this trio <laughs> of this like of this group that we're in. But um, it said Moose sounds like mashed potatoes if they could speak, and I. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, he really does. Joel really is a very succinct. <laughs> incisive man we should get him on the pod one day one day i would absolutely love if we could schedule that because he would be like the super straight shooter in between both of us and it'd just be funny well joel doesn't have a job he just pretends to like go on outlook so he's tommy from martin with a outlook with an outlook and a uh, zoom subscription he's got plenty of time (laughs) at any moment and he'll get on but I did love the triple threat of Kushida, Chris Sabin, and Vikingo. They went crazy. I loved the four-way tag match. Um, the women's uh, Ultimate X was amazing. Um, even I really enjoyed Hammerstone and Alex and um, Josh Alexander. I thought that was really good, too. So, Is Hammerstone signed with them now? I don't believe so i don't know they, they they haven't announced it and they've been putting up like signings for like like postings of their signings and i haven't seen nothing posted for hammerstone i think hammerstone's kind of just on a run right now just like he's starting to just make his way around the indies or different companies but i would like it if they doing do graphic like all elite but instead it just says total action like alex hammerstone is now total action they just doing just uh, it's signed. It's <laughs> doing it signed with TNA Wait. wrestling. Um, total action is actually a really good idea. You might want to DM Scott Demore that. <laughs> like, yeah, hey Scott, I got an idea. With all these signings, just put total action. Total action. 
signed by Total Action. That would actually be dope. Uh, Battle in the Valley. I have not finished it. I have only gotten up to Mox and Shingo because I am stuck on that match because, my God, is it such a good no-disqualification match. Um, I'm going <laughs> to the bathroom. Are you about to record in your bathroom? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's the morning and they need to drink coffee, and I thought it would be fun to do it with them, but like any old married couple, they don't know when to shut the fuck up. Well, that's what you want, Jack. You want 30, 40 years of that. Remember that? Yeah. So here we are now in the hotel bathroom. Chilling. <laughs> this is where we've gone down after the fun. At least I can be louder now. At least yeah. now I can get into it a bit more. I just want you to know, like, the, the, the sound has also changed. Not in a bad way. It just you sound like you're bouncing off of a mirror, off a glass of like a shower. <laughs> it sounds like you're bouncing. Well, no, it's just like the stall, which oh. is familiar space for me. It's just you know, I do my best work in the bathroom. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> um, Battle in the Valley, Shingo and Mox. Shingo and Mox. Fucking amazing. It was I've heard good things about that match. It was amazing hardcore match. Um you also had uh so I've watched Mox in like in JPW strong mm-hmm. before. And it's so weird how like how he wrestles, like he's wrestling as in America, but he's wrestling a Japanese style. Right. Like it's it's been funny watching them experiment and like th- see what works best. I think it's smart because he knows that's a Japanese product, even though it's in Japan, in America. Like they want Japanese product right. in the in in ring, so he does that fully. And to see him and Shingo do that in that moment was like whoa, and it was really good, really good. Uh, Jacob Fatu got a hell of a spotlight in the match he had. Um, like there was to the point he started trending on Twitter for somebody to sign him as it was like New Japan. Well, it is like yeah. fascinating that he hasn't been signed. It is mind boggling. I'm like, he what has type to be of an asshole? Like, there's no other conclusion. No, a lot of people was just like, he's always been, he's been that guy. He's that good of a person, and I'm just like. MLW must have him on like a 360 deal where he can't shake something like it. That's the only way that it makes sense is that MLW have him on the longest deal. I know he can't go to certain countries because of legal matters. There it is. Like, so he can't go into Japan and there may be one or two other countries he can't go into, I think because of legal felonies in his past. Nice. Love it. But outside of that, I don't see how he's not signed. Like, the man does not make sense. Like, the man does, like, um, Julia and Trisha Dora, I watched that at Joel's. That was a really good match. But I do like their, that there are wrestlers. Oh, how do I put this? It's going to be, it's going to come off mean, but fuck it. When you go to AEW or mm-hmm. WWE, you quickly realize where you do like stack up in accordance to everybody else. Yeah. Um, you know, 
I do like how there's still big fishes in small ponds. There needs yeah. to be. There needs to be. There's something very cool about that. There's something very pro wrestling about that. Um, actually, to jump off of that, I watched. I wouldn't say Denise. Did you just say to jump off of that? Is this are we, in, are we in a corporate meeting? I'm like, just gonna piggyback off of what Dean said here. My brain, I told you, my brain is still starting, sir. Um, but to kind of like go off of that idea, I remember I was watching Will Osprey like last week or the week before, and he was having uh, he did an interview with Denise Salcedo, and. He was talking about his match coming up with Josh Alexander, which should be on TV Thursday. Josh Alexander, Will Ospreay, too. And uh, he was like, every company needs a world beater. Someone that could be believable, that could go into another company, and you would think this person can beat anybody in the world. And he was like, you know, for Josh, you know, beating me kind of solidifies that for him. And I was like, that's very true. And when I think about what New Japan is probably going to be like once Will Ospreay leaves, I'm like, they kind of don't have anybody that fits that slot immediately. And that's when I think I started to get into the Finlay stuff, which is kind of going to go back to another thing from Battle of the Belts. Every time I watch Gabe Kidd, I'm confused on why he is not the leader of the Bullet Club. Every time I see Gabe Kidd, I'm like, why the fuck is David Finley the leader of Bullet Club? Gabe Kid has the personality. He has the attitude. The, the freaking charm, if you want to call it charm. The manner in which he speaks, the entering work. Him and Eddie Kingston, even though I hate the goddamn finish. Boy, was that ever such a like he's I really love Gabe Kidd and I don't understand why he is not the leader of Bullet Club. I'm more of an Alex Coughlin man myself. I like Alex Coughlin. Do I think he should be the leader of Bullet Club right now? No. But no. I am a sucker for Alex Coughlin. Anybody who's been in blood sport I'm a sucker for. Alex Coughlin's like a machine. Like that man does Cesaro level crap. That man does Cesaro like like from laying down will pull you up into a suplex position, like you know, and squat you while you're up in the suplex. Like Alex Hoffman's a monster. But I just mean like the presence that Gabe Gabe Kim has more of a leadership presence than David Finley does. Like when you see right. him talk. Only one of us here has ever been to Wrestle Kingdom, okay? And as some <laughs> I'm the Wrestle Kingdom. I can yes. say he actually does in person. He carries Mark Rappaport. And the match with him and Eddie was hard hitting. Good. Now, the way it ended, that's the only issue I have. Is he ended in a double count out. I'm like, who, when the fuck does New Japan do double count outs? <laughs> New Japan ever do double count outs. But it ended that way for a good reason because it's pretty much going to further. Um, the whole thing for them. So I'm very interested. Battle, uh, Battle in the Valley was good. I definitely still have to watch with Osprey versus Okada. Um, Cause I feel like that's just, I mean, Will Osprey and Okada, that's just on CTV. Yeah, you can't not watch that. Yeah. Hey, that and- Battle of the Belt. Battle of the Valley. Battle of the Valley. Oh, I was going to, you, you had said Battle of the Belt. 
I had missed. Um, there was one sorry. last week, right? Uh, and then Collision. Collision was pretty good. Um, Collision was really good. Also, um, before I get into Collision, GCW, Mustafa Ali, Gringo Loco, was uh, really good this past weekend. Um, it's funny Mustafa. how he's running the gimmick that you booked for him. Because it works. He pitched it. I saw him pitch it. He pitched it before I said WWE turned it down because Fox News was not comfortable with it. And guess what? It's freaking working. It's freaking working. Like, it's he's one of the biggest ticket sellers on the indies already. He's only been on the indies for less than a month. <laughs> and he's also fucking yoked right now, too. Yoked. He's always been athletic. But I've said it. He can talk. He can do all. Remember, I said all this stuff with him. I said, all the stuff he's doing, I said he can do. And then what is he doing? He's proving he can do it. So it's just like, it's just like, it wasn't that hard. Like, Fox News put the kibosh on this character. Or like Fox, in general, put the kibosh on this character. For him in WWE. And it's just like, do you see how good it's doing? This could have been you. This could have I love this. You were playing. Exactly. But I love the character, kind of. Like, so, first of all, I love the music. The music sounds like ominous, slightly dark, sinister music, but it's like, has like a coat of like hero ish. But um, I love him coming out with a Secret Service entourage with a man waving a Mustafa Ali flag behind him as he's like entering. And I'm like, this is fucking amazing. Um, but I also love how he put over Gringo Loco after the match. And he's like, without me training for Gringo, we're training with Gringo Loco, I would never be in the Cruiserweight Classic. Without people like Gringo Loco, there is Really? Nothing. I didn't hear Yeah. That. He cut a promo right, right before the show cut off. He was like, uh, I was an alternate for the Cruiserweight Classic. I wasn't even supposed to go. And he was like, I didn't know what to do. And his trainer told him, you and him go work out. And that was Gringo Loco. And Gringo Loco got him ready where he did get a spot. And without that, he would never have been there without Gringo Loco. And he Gringo really... Loco is a tough one. We've seen him wrestle a bunch of times. And he's always a lot of fun. But also, Amazing. the reality is he's, like, exactly where he's supposed to be. Gringo like, Loco reminds... Yeah, he is. You're right. Yeah, he reminds you of what? He gives me, like... A lower tier Kevin Steen before he went left. Like, he's not Kevin Steen, but it's like he could do shit that would make you, like, captivated with him like Kevin Steen. Like, before, like, not Steve Le- Steen levels of achievements, but he reminds me of, like, Steen, like, when he was just doing the run right before he left, like, to go to WWE, where it was just, like, he's just doing a lot of matches that are really good and captivating. But that's just always going to go loco. <laughs> it's like... That's just where well, his in. matches don't make any sense in any way. Yeah, like he doesn't do match storytelling that greatly. I think that's the one thing that's missing. Poorly. He doesn't sell. Yeah. He, I mean, what he does great is the moves. Like he does, he can do some crazy, crazy shit. Stuff yeah. nobody else can do. Just for his size. In addition to his size. Yeah. I would say not just for his size, because I. Anybody. Yeah. There ain't anybody out there who can do shit that he can do. And he can't. Um, also, he you had... While being having substantial size and a fucking bonkers-ass haircut. 
Exactly. Also, on that same card, well, it was supposed to be Leo Rush versus Josh Gresham, but Josh Gresham couldn't get there due to flight issues. So it was uh, Leo Rush versus Nick Wayne. Poor Josh. Which was... There's a, there's a conversation one day that needs to be had about Josh Gresham. Not in a bad way. What but is just, I kind of said this when I was at... Uh, when I was with Joel, and I feel like it's true. Without ROH, Josh Gresham doesn't make sense. Like, his character doesn't make sense. Because his whole character is honor. But that doesn't... Like, that character worked in progress just fine. Yeah, it worked in progress when he had the belt. (laughs) Even without the belt, it made sense. But on, like, TNA, he don't make sense. Okay, if you can't have honor as a professional wrestler outside of Ring of Honor. Like, no, what I mean is this. Josh Gresham in TNA does not, it feels off. There is something that does, does not feel like, when I watch his matches, I, it to me, and Joel kind of agreed to, is something with Josh Gresham. Like, if you, because I've watched Josh Gresham for a while. I've watched Josh Gresham before he was like this, this muscular bound dad, like back when he was the skinny, the skinny Josh Gresham. And I'm like, there's something weird here, and I can't put my finger on it, but something's not the same from when I used to watch his matches before. And I'm just like, I don't know what it is. But him and Impact feels off. Like, I can't tell you what it is. Like, I feel like his character, I don't know. It just doesn't fit Impact to me. And he don't really fit impact. And I haven't it's seen TNA now. TNA. Sorry, 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 sorry. I wonder how long it's gonna take me to get that. Um it's also it's, wait, it's TNA impact. <laughs> it's tits and ass with impact. All right. Tits is so you almost had me saying tits. Oh god. <laughs> but um you know what TNA now in like the past few years has been like like when Matt Jackson said that quote of like we want AEW to be the buffet of professional wrestling where you can sidle up and get what you want from it. Yeah. That's really what TNA is. Um and also in the sense that everything tastes kind of generic. Um, but also they made choices where it's just like, why are these people here? Like I don't need to see bully writing in a battle like royale. Every once in a while it's fun. Yeah, every once in a while it's like fun to see bully ray. Every once in a while it's fun to pull up the golden corral. It's, but like you're never gonna roll out of bed and be like, oh, I can't wait for dinner in Golden Corral. Right, like I don't like, want to see... be excited to go watch fucking TNA. I like, mean, don't no, get me wrong. No point am I gonna be like, yes, I bet you PCO and Vladimir Kozlov are gonna be in a rivalry soon. Just hearing that made my skin crawl. Yeah. Um, but you know what it is? Like, first of all, also shout outs to them. Because they had their highest selling gate in like almost a decade for that show, Hard to Kill. Um, and also, that that venue, I love that venue. That venue is beautiful. They do have a good venue. Um, but it, the thing with Tina, it's like they are right there from where they need to be. And then they make one or two decisions, which just make you go, nope. <laughs> just like they, they are kind of experts at fumbling the ball at the three yard line. Like, 
like I want people to understand this. Like I don't I don't mind Dolph. I like Dolph Ziggler. I have a statement written down for a podcast episode. Circled around something with Dolph Ziggler. The reaction from Joel went after Moose One. And he saw Nick Nemeth's name pop up on the back of that Titan Tron. And just the discontent of just like, I kind of want my money back. Like he said, I kind of want my money back. There's just something so TNA about Dolph Ziggler. Which is why I was hoping he would be in New Japan, like full time. I mean, I understand that, but New Japan don't run shows that often. Like they do shows often, but they don't really do like weekly shows. He yeah, is someone who signed the wrestlers. I guess I had this fantasy of like where Dolph Ziggler moves to Japan and like just like joins the dojo and becomes full time over there, and like, but it was but a dream. I, I in the G one. Say it with me. Man, I, I, will. I think he will be in G one, and I think that's a great idea. I don't hate Dolph Ziggler. I like him. I like him being in. T- I like him being in TNA, but it does give me some weird like. Because we don't get anything new with Dolph Ziggler being in TNA. Because if we're gonna be honest, they wrestle the same exact style of WWE, except worse, with less production value, with not as good as wrestlers, with not as good as training. Ooh, do they wrestle the same? Because I don't feel like you. It's the same fucking style. It's and it's they're gonna wrestle the same match. If you watch a full episode of TNA, just like you watch a full episode of WWE, it's the same match over and over again with just different cut and paste wrestlers. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And if you just don't want to watch the same thing, you just don't fucking watch, which is what I don't. You better see now. I'm gonna watch Impact tomorrow with such. I'm sorry, I ruined it for you. Like, cause I've never felt that way. Because I guess because I get like a speedball, I get like uh, a Chris Saban, some of the X Division stuff. I don't feel like it always is the same style because I'm like I ain't seen none of that in WWE. Yeah, I mean, but like even with the X Division shit, you know, it's just the same as when WWE does a special rules match. It's like. Okay, then, yeah, you're going to get some special circumstances. You're going to create a different style, but it's still going to fit within the cookie cutter realm of WWE TNA style. Maybe it's the fact like they don't have 205 Live or something like that. So I'm I'm definitely not looking at it that way either. I don't know. And like those great wrestlers in WWE in the same way there's great wrestlers in TNA. Like Mike Bailey is an incredible fucking wrestler. Um, he's still, he's, and, I, and I think pay per view they do veer a little bit away. I'm from so, Twitter, but it's still your watch. If you watch an episode of TV, you're watching the same match over and over. I was saying this to Joel. I'm so confused on what they're doing, with Mike Bailey, because I don't understand why he's not in the championship picture. If you had Mike Bailey versus uh, Alex Shelley, sure. I'd probably watch. I'd be more happy about Mike Bailey winning that belt. Actually, no. I might be more annoyed with Nick Nemeth coming out after Mike Bailey. Pause that. Pause that idea. But the idea that Moose, one of Moose's lead competitions, is is Nick Nemeth is already like one of those. Okay, that's something. You want to talk about a real wrestling show and promotion, and talk about my Wrestle Kingdom trip? 
Yes, let's talk about it for those who may not know. Jack uh, was in Japan for what was it like 10, 10 days, nine, nine, ten days, ten days, nine, ten days, yeah. Okay, and how that time change works. And during that time, Jack went to Wrestle Kingdom and had himself a time. I mean, the whole trip was built around Wrestle Kingdom, right? Um, like that's how I. That's how this whole thing started. Like my friend, so Japan has the best skiing in the world. Right. Um, so all my friends were like, "Oh, you're going to ski. You're going to ski." And I'm like, "No, no, 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 no." Um, well, I have to describe it I'm like it's the Japanese version of WrestleMania. Which I mean, that's a thousand percent accurate. I mean, that is fairly accurate. But like, then a lot of my friends took it as like, "Oh, it's a WWE event that's in Japan," and then I. And like I was there when people were trying to understand that, and mm. I was like, "No, it's a whole different company." And I was like, "Besides WWE, like the biggest company in the world is New Japan Pro Wrestling," which is still true, right? Like, is NJPW still bigger than AEW? Yeah, right. I don't know. Like, I in don't terms of financial value. I mean, yes, because AEW is only like four or five years in, so usually you don't really have a fair assessment on the company until they get to like five years financially. Yeah. So, um, like until like probably the end of this year, we'll probably know better. But yeah, more than likely, I think it's just it's the second biggest American company is AEW in the world. Is yeah. probably still New Japan and AEW probably be somewhere around third. Yeah. Quick um, question: Isn't it funny how? Anytime you try to explain anything non WWE, the hoops you have to jump through is I try to explain it to friends and they're like, What is it that you? I'm like, Look, WWE is a slice of the pizza pie. What I try to tell other slices, (laughs) yeah, what I try to describe, I'm like, It's the way the world knows professional wrestling is if people only understood movies as being the Transformers. Exactly. It's, like it's the Transformers. Or Marvel. Like where you just sure. say superhero comics. Sure. And it's like, no, there's more than just superhero stuff. <laughs> so I went, we were floor seats. We were like five rows back. Yeah. <laughs> so like, if I'm going to go, like this could be my one shot to ever go. I want to be as close as possible. Hmm. Um, it was, I bought a program. It's great. It was, I was a little disappointed by the matches. Um, mm. I thought they, I didn't think they had their best show. Like I didn't think they had their best Wrestle Kingdom ever. I could, I could believe that. But seeing it in the Tokyo Dome on two levels, one mm. of just on the level of this is such an incredible experience for me personally as a wrestling fan. Right. This is something every wrestling fan wants to do. Every wrestling fan has on their bucket list for me to be able to go out and do that was felt. Uh, it was, it was, it became a point of pride. Like I was able to make this happen for myself. I'm very proud of myself for being able to do so. Right. It was one of those things you take very close to heart. Yes. Um, and two, the Tokyo Dome is the single best place to watch professional wrestling. I can like, believe that. That is the best venue for, for professional wrestling I've 
ever been in and could ever imagine being in. Just the way the sound reverberates off the dome. Mm-hmm. Everything is just built perfectly for professional wrestling. Like you, that it can host so many people, and it's still an indoor venue, and there's like still space for everybody. It's like when Naito got his moment in the sun finally. First of all, that pop just for him coming out. Mm-hmm. I was just like. You want to talk about somebody to crowd? I hate when people be like, "Oh, Japan crowds are just quiet." No, no, no. You just suck, my boy. Well, that was another aspect too that was just fascinating being in the Japanese crowd because they do pop, but then they get very quiet. Mm. Like it's 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 you know they'll pop for moves or like moves that are executed very well. They'll get a big cheer, okay. and then they'll just go quiet again. Until like maybe the next big move or the end of the match, and then in between somebody will shout out like Naito or like Okada. I was about to say, do you hear like just like well, damn, you might not be able to tell because you don't talk Japanese, like trash talk or people just saying wild stuff. But you no, just but hear, nobody's like it, no it wouldn't matter if, like nobody's saying that between pops. It dude, it's quiet. That's like. Everybody is leaning into the wrestling, and then you just you you get big claps, and then yelling wrestlers' names, and that's it. I feel like that is my dream crowd. Because let me tell you, as Jack and I, I'm not going to go into it crazy, but I was at World's End. Jack knows I ended up going to World's End last minute. Mm-hmm. I fucking hated that crowd. <laughs> I fucking hated that crowd. Yeah. That crowd was shit. Like, I can understand being a wrestler and, like, wanting and, like, falling in love with Japanese crowds. Absolutely. you never have to worry about them hijacking your match. Like, they're not going to count down from, like, 10 every minute during an Ironman match. Shout out Seth Rollins and Dolph Ziggler. Ooh, that crowd. Boy, that crowd sucked. Right. They're never going to chant, you know, ugly belt during, like, a triple threat. Shout out Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, and was it Kevin Owens? No, it was just Seth Rollins, Finn Balor. There you go. Maybe Seth Rollins is the common denominator here. Oh, um, man. But that's not here than there. Like, that shit is so outside of the realm of possibility. And I also understand, like, you know, we were able to circumvent it through a, like a ticket buying system mm-hmm. they have in Japan. Um, but they have a foreigners only section. That like that that's where you're supposed to buy your tickets if you're a foreigner. Oh. And they're because they're like, we just want you away from everybody. Wow. <laughs> fuck this up for the rest of us. They're like, we don't like the way y'all do y'all show. So you're not gonna fuck shit up for us. So go sit yeah. your little you, ass. They over get there. like a section way up in the back. Now there would be some snowflake people. Sure. Would be quite, who'll be quite angry at that. But let me tell you something. They're right. <laughs> They're right. Yeah. They're thousand percent right. Yeah. Like, but like, I, I think I didn't love Danielson Okada. Um, I think Danielson was struggling to wrestle the Japanese style after being away for so long. Um, I do. I. Do. I 
I thought, first of all, I wanted to bring this to show you. I have one. Oh, I tried to catch it and I'll caught a dollar. So, real quick, for the people who don't know, I'm showing him an Alcada buck that I've had since, I want to say, 2017 I've had this. So, um, my friend got it off of eBay after somebody grabbed it after a show. <laughs> <laughs> and he gave it to me. But, um, no, honestly, I think that match has a different story than in the Japanese style. Like, for me, that match is, I'm just here to rip your fucking arm off. Like, I want to cause and rip your fucking arm off and the way he was working his arm to me was i'm going to rip your fucking arm off and i'm going to brutalize you and i love that because to me that was a that was a more vicious kind of like intended vicious danielson than we've seen and i think also it's the fact of like i love that like i I didn't think he was going to switch completely to like a Japanese style, but I love the story of the match. And then the match kind of being the story of Okada's just like, you're fucking annoying. Get the fuck away from me and get the fuck away from my arm. Because even that first Rainmaker he hit, it wasn't the win. It was to just get Danielson the fuck away from him. It was just like, get away. It's just like, get the fuck away from my arm. Like, say, I love that match because I, I wasn't looking for him to have a and, and that could just be me. We all can have different intents, you know, so like expect different things. I wasn't expecting to go in there with the, the Japanese style. I was just expecting him to go in there to have a good match. And for me... Yeah, but if, to have a good match in Japan, you have to wrestle the Japanese style. That's just how... I feel like his style works. already kind of has it. Like, I feel like there was the hard hitting, there was the submission, there was the ground base. I feel like it had everything that I would expect a Danielson... And then also, I don't know what Danielson in Japan used to look like. I don't know if it always looked like this. I mean, I'm definitely, listen, let's keep it up. I'm going to keep it a buck, of course, not completely studied up on, on every Japanese Danielson match. My point of contention is more that, you know, he wasn't playing to the crowd the way he would in America. There was not, there was no breaks. Like the interludes were more to set up the next move rather than to get the crowd into it because that's more the Japanese style. Um, and I think he struggled in that space between the notes. See, but I feel like to me, that lends more to the revenge idea. Cause that's what the match was kind of sold on was that this was a revenge. You broke my arm. You fucked up my eye socket. I'm leaving. Not sure, but that doesn't like make it good. I right. think it was good. Endless. I don't think it was bad. Like I right. thought it was fun. Like it was definitely a good match, but uh, like it wasn't. It, it wasn't even for me. Not even close to Okada Danielson one, um, and two was you know above average. It was maybe my third favorite match of the night behind the Mox Finley uh, Osprey three way and Naito. I will tell you, and the whole crowd was just there to see Nido, and I don't even mean that as an insult. Like they no. just love Nido. Did you hear uh, the roll call? Did you hear the roll call at the end of the show? I know you did. I mean, I don't really think we need to go down there. Um, being there for that and listening to Nido, and I, I was able to understand enough to like feel that connection with this crowd, and to be there for Nido's first real moment. Like, yeah, yeah he's won the championship before, and the dome but then he got shit on right away mm-hmm. but 
the crowd really knew like this is his time. Yeah. This is the moment they're gonna nail it. Um before I get to anything, how long do you think a Nido gets with a title run though? I I think they're I think they're gonna give him a good run because like who the fuck else is gonna even, even though he has to have surgery? It's yeah. It's a cold period right now for New Japan. Like you're the only other person out there who can take it is Okada. And I think the fans don't want that. So they it would have to be Gaido being like, eh, get fucked, everybody. This is yeah. what you want. Um, and then who besides that, I don't know who could take it. Osprey's gone. Um this is one of the part where you should have put it evil. No, no. <laughs> the fans don't want Kenta. Um, no. David Finley has the international belt. Even maybe ZSJ? Yeah, but you're not going to take the television title of ZSJ and then like shotgun him into a. No, no, no. I mean, like, I mean, like, Here's my thing. I would love to see Naito walk into like if they do the Forbidden Door again. I would love to see Naito walk into Forbidden Door with the title. Yeah, I would. I would love that. Um, I know he has a title match against Mox already set up. Yeah. Um, for Windy City, right? And I would like for him to get to like June, maybe July, which is like half a year, which is like a six month run, which I think. Honestly, especially if they said they talked about that surgery, and if I'm not gonna lie, the him and Sonata match wasn't really like I don't know if Sonata got hurt. It looked like he got hurt early, but um, it, it, it like I could see him having the six seven month run, which I think is good, like up to nearly the G one. But I don't think you need a year long Nido run because I don't know physically if he can handle that. Like you, you have to get to Dominion. I want to say Dominion's like it's usually spring. Oh no, is that Sakura? Could be. I, then. Say, I just I, don't know who's going to take it off. How's that? I, I can agree with that. Shota, no, too young. Just the other young dude that the had crowd a fucking loves Shota though. Yes, I would say actually that was my third favorite match of the night. Well, your boy Shota is about to have a, he's about to have a very interesting feud with your other boy from AEW. Who? Oh, you don't know? No. That Jack Perry appeared in New Oh, Japan right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he attacked Shota, which I think is smart. I well, think that's really interesting. I genuinely love Shota, and I genuinely think Jack Perry is bad. Well, mid, I think is the better word for it. I think it was a great way to get him back into some type. Yeah. I, I think I didn't think about New Japan. Like nothing ever crossed my mind about oh, let's do him, which is perfect. Like honestly, I think it's perfect for him to do that. I always love when the contracts are like a single sheet of like computer paper. <laughs> like we all know contracts are really like if you've yeah, ever signed everybody knows contracts. If I just rip this up, this one single sheet of paper is no longer legally binding. No, but it goes in the way of like AEW's rest of the AEW's gimmick about how contracts are kind of, you know, arbitrary. Right. I never get passed ever, ever, Dean. 
Christian signing the Luchasaurus contract to get the title match. Like that is somehow like if you get to the contract before <laughs> the person who won it and sign it, it is now your contract. The next contract signing in AEW, like should just have 15 wrestlers sprinting through every angle, through the crowd, from the announcer's table, from the entrance ramp, to try to get to the piece of paper first and get their name on it. Let me tell you something. So I was there. Again, that's where I've been. That's where I was in. I was at the show. I had said when Luchasaurus won it, in the crowd I had said, oh, Christian's going to drop it and win it back. And everybody in the section looked at me like I had lost my goddamn mind. And then when Christian, when Luchasaurus came out, everybody just turned back and looked at me. And I was just like, I just put my hands up in the crowd. I just put the hands up in the crowd like, what the fuck did I tell you? What the fuck did I tell you? Because I was just like, of course the person who invented the cash-in would happen to get cash-in. Who takes the first person to cash-in? That's not how that works. Hold on. Am I saying you're wrong? No. Am I saying it's stupid? Yes. Am I saying also the way wrestling contracts work has always been stupid? Is yes. No, no this one is this one's beyond stupid because no, it's I'll give you one terrible precedent. I'll give you one worse that set the real precedent. Do you remember when Chris Benoit name redacted, unfortunately? <laughs> I said it just straight out. Do you remember when he won the Rumble? Do you remember how we got to the triple threat with him and Shawn Michaels and Triple H? No, I was like six. Shawn Michaels super kicked him and signed the contract. <laughs> so at, least was still that, at least it was then like still a triple threat. No, he signed the contract after losing the Rumble to name. No, I actors. understand that, but like it still ended up being a triple threat. They weren't no. like that you're out of this match. This is the part. It shouldn't. Sure, but it didn't take him out of the match entirely. They're like, oh, yeah, you're obviously still in it, but... But he shouldn't have been in it. Because that still fits within the realm of pro wrestling logic for me. Mm -hmm. Rather than, like, if Shawn Michaels had super kicked him and then had just taken the match entirely. But uh, it's, it's weird. It's a bad precedent, but I understand. Wrestling contracts have always just been in name value. Like, Technically, you shouldn't even really be able to compete for money in the bank contract. Because technically, has their goddamn name on it. <laughs> if you sign it, it's a legally binded document. How the hell can we compete for a legally binded document? <laughs> but anyway, you know, like, personally, I thought Danielson Okada was beautiful. Yeah. So that's me. So that's what it is. I love the match. I... My issue with, like, and it wasn't a bad issue with Danny Sinokata one. I just do feel when you broke his arm and the match went on for the next 10 minutes, it felt very disjointed. But it felt disjointed for actual purposeful reason. The man's arm was shattered. So it was just like, hey, we got to figure some other shit out. I felt this one was better just because it was just clear line through. And I just enjoyed it. But that's that was pretty much, for me, Shota to me, is probably going to be their next young boy ace, like the nut, the next young ace. Probably. It's so clear that Shota... What's the dude's name with the black trunks who's in House of Torture? 
I don't. I I don't pay attention to House of Torture for shit. No, so. no, no. But he's he's really really good. They they came out of the same class together. Oh, he right. Have long, but did he have a match, a singles match on the he card? Has a short, no, he has short hair. They came out of the same class together. They're like set up to be rivals. Anyways, they're the two of them together. I think are going to create a new boom period in NJPW. They're this, they are made for each other. There was another dude. He had a one-on-one match in New Japan. I forget his name. Yuri. Yuri. Yuri ah, fuck. God damn it. He got really long hair. He had to match with Will Ospreay for the uh, IWGP US title. Um, he has a crazy spear. Ah, God fucking damn it. We'll figure it out for next time. Yeah. But, uh, Jack, we have to go. I know this is a shorter episode than we are used to, but, Jack, tell people where they can find you, sir. JackSimonMix.com. Check out all my writings and my directoring and check out my columns and my uh, film criticism on the Aspen Times. Yes. Also, you might want to check out Jack's review of Iron Claw. If you're not seen it, go ahead check that man's review out. You just show him some love. Um, I'm your co-host, Life of Deem. You can find me, Life of Deem, everything pretty much. And check us out on Wrestling with Romance. That's the Instagram wrestling pod. I mean, romance podcast. That's the Twitter. We will see you guys next week. Deuces. Deuces.